I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I'm Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today we have a very interesting podcast for you. We're going to be talking about a very important aspect of our lives called trust. Now, trust is something that we, you know, take for granted till it has gone away. So I'm going to understand from an expert on trust, what trust is, how we can create this in our families and in our working life. With us, we have today Stephen M.R. Kavi. So, Mr. Kavi, welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. Well, thank you, Ashton. I'm very happy and excited to be here with you today. Me too. Mr. Kavi, for the people who are listening for the first time and don't know about you, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? And then I would love to dive into our conversation about trust. Absolutely. So, I am a Stephen M.R. Kavi, and I am the oldest son of Dr. Stephen R. Kavi, who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And for many years, I helped my father build the business and and expand around the world. I kind of ran the business. I was an operator. But then over the last uh, 15 years or so, I I shifted my role into becoming a a thought leader around trust. And so I wrote a first book called The Speed of Trust, Mm -hmm. uh, The One Thing That Changes Everything. And now I followed that on with a new book called Trust and Inspire, How Truly Great Leaders Unleash Greatness in Others. And so my focus really has been on, on trust and why trust is really the most important dimension of life in, in relationships, on a team, in an organization, in any part of life, and then how we build trust. So it's both the why and the how of trust. And I really believe that trust has become the currency of our time. So that's Amazing. where I've kind of dived deep. And, and I, I started as an operator, but now I'm focused. I found my voice. And my voice found is your I love it. Especially since your father wrote one of the big books on habits, right? Yeah. Habits of highly effective people. Amazing. I remember reading this when I was starting my working career as well. So it was something that I used a lot. Dr. Kavi, how did you identify trust as the issue? Like there must have been an inciting incident or there must have been a penny drop moment for you when you thought trust. Okay, now I'm going to focus my life's work on this one word. Yes, I will say this, that when we merged our company the Covey Leadership Center with Franklin Quest to form Franklin Covey. We had been arch competitors, Covey and Franklin. We'd been competing in the marketplace, but we felt like it made sense to combine. And so when we did combine, here's what happened is we saw the world differently because we had been competitors and suddenly we're put together and people didn't trust each other. Hmm. And it's because we'd been so competitive in the marketplace for years And I saw what happened with distrust, how everything slowed down. Everything took longer. Everything cost more. We became internally focused instead of focusing on the customer. And we were not very creative, not very collaborative. People felt exhausted. Everything became politicized. And I saw firsthand the high cost of low trust. But then we became aware of this and said, look, this merger is not going to work unless we learn to trust each other. And we began to build trust with each other on purpose, intentionally. We began to behave our way into greater trust. And we had to give it to get it. And we had to also be trustworthy as well as trusting. And the bottom line is that over a matter of a few months, we began to say, we can build trust intentionally if we choose to. And we did. And once we built the trust, it changed everything. Now, suddenly, we were moving fast. 
We were more creative. We were more innovative, more collaborative. We had more energy and joy. We began to really focus on the customer and the marketplace. Everything changed. And I kind of came out of this experience recognizing that there is a high cost to low trust. I just experienced that. But there's also an extraordinary dividend return to high trust. And we're now experiencing that. And I also realized that trust is not something that you either have or you don't, that it's either there or it's not. It's something that you can create and earn and build and grow intentionally on purpose. You can turn this into your greatest strength, the ability to create trust. And to put it into the habit coach's terms, you can make a habit of building trust with people and turn this into your greatest strength as a leader, as an organization. And so I came out of that experience saying, yes, there's a lot of important things in relationships and in life and in organizations, but the foundation of everything, the one thing that changes everything is trust. So if we can get good at trust, it will make us better at everything else that we're trying to do. And this is learnable. It's not something that is either there or not. No, you can create it and build it, grow it, expand it, enhance it, and in some cases, even restore it. And it was from that experience that I realized, I want to talk about this. I want to write about this because most of the stuff on trust was either too academic or too simplistic. And I wanted to say, no, there's a robust way to do this intentionally, to make a habit of it. To make a habit of it. And like you said, you know, trust exists. You don't have trust or you have trust. Is there a spectrum of trust? Is it a spectrum that you're on that you move up and down? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, we measure trust. In, okay. We have tools that can measure trust. And, and we can see that there might be some teams or some departments or some entire organizations where the trust might be low or might be medium, it might be high, or it might have started low and it's becoming medium, or it started medium and it's becoming high. And in some cases, maybe it was high and is going down because we've behaved our way out of it. So yes, it's not kind of, is you know, all or nothing. There's degrees of it. There's a spectrum of it. But the point is that the higher the trust in relationships, teams, cultures, then the more of a performance multiplier you have for everything else that you're trying to do. And the lower the trust in relationships, teams, organizations, that diminishes, it dilutes, it taxes everything else that you're trying to do. And so, yes, there are gradations of this, but getting good at this, moving the needle on trust, growing it has enormous payoff. And it's something that's also learnable. We can learn how to move the needle on trust. Amazing. How would you define trust? Like, How would you tell somebody, this is trust, this is not trust? Yes. Here's the most simple definition I can give. Trust is confidence, as opposed to distrust is suspicion. So confidence versus suspicion. Now, where does that confidence come from? I believe it comes from two sources. It comes from having both character and competence. Character and competence, both are vital. If we have one, but lack the other, we will not sustain the trust. So think about it. If you're working with someone and maybe, you know, a good person, honest person, caring, and they can deliver, excuse me, they're caring, they're, they're honest. So you got a good relationship this way. But if they lack incompetence, if they, they don't deliver, they don't get the job done, then I might trust them to, mar to watch my apartment or my home if I went on a holiday, on a vacation, right? Because they're honest. But I might not trust them on the key project 
or the key client or the key deliverable, that has to be done well and on time. If they don't have a track record of performing, of delivering, of coming through, that competence matters. Now, clearly the reverse is true. Someone could be high in competence, but low in character. So, you know, they get the job done, but maybe in the process, they're running everybody over in the process, or maybe they're cutting corners or, you know, violating the values of the company. They're lacking the character. That will always undermine the trust. So it's really both character and competence to have the confidence that we want to have, as opposed to being suspicious about whether someone can deliver or are they just going to look out for their own interest and not for the company and so forth. And so that combination of character and competence is what creates the trust. So that would be my simplest definition. Trust is confidence as opposed to suspicion. And, and we build it by having character and by having competence. Combination is what's powerful. Now, competence I understand, right? I increase my skill set and my competence increases. That's right. How do I improve my character? Yes, great question. Let's divide character kind of into two pieces. There's your integrity and your intent. Your intent is your motive and your agenda. And the motive that best builds credibility and trust is genuine caring. When you care about the people who you're working with and they know you care about them, when you tend to care about them, they tend to trust you more. If people don't think that you care or if they don't think you have their best interest at heart, they tend to withhold the trust. Because so your, your agenda matters, your motive matters. And when you care and are seeking mutual benefit, my father would call that win-win. <laughs> they have it, you know, have it for think win-win, mutual benefit. When they believe that and experience that, that you are, that you care about, you care about them and you're seeking their best interest. They tend to trust you. If they don't think you care and they think you're just entirely self-serving, they tend to withhold the trust. So intent is something that we can become aware of and learn to demonstrate our intent, to, to show people that we care. Now, if you don't care, then I would say you better focus on developing a sense of caring. Otherwise, people won't trust you. You know, so it does cause us to kind of really ask, what is my motive here? Do I care? Do I care about those that we lead? And caring is a better way to build the trust. And then seeking mutual benefit is a better way to, to build the trust. Those are things that we can become aware of and work on and get better at as a leader. So in a sense, intent is, is very kind of learnable, but you can't, if you know, you can't fake caring. It's not going to work very well because it will come through at some point that you don't really care. You're just pretending to care and that will actually backfire and you'll almost be worse off for having tried to fake it. And so, you know, you do have to kind of look within. What is my agenda here? Do I genuinely care about their win? Yes, I want my own win, but I want their win too. Win-win. And then do I care about them as human beings, as people? And the higher the caring and the more mutual benefit you're seeking, the greater the trust. We can learn to get better at that. Integrity is a little bit harder than the other half. You know, So integrity, because that's where sometimes people say, well, you either have integrity or you don't. And I, there's some element to that, but here's what I've learned. that we can increase our own personal integrity, that we're authentic, where we're real. And, you know, and integrity is honesty and it's truthfulness, but it's also doing the right thing. And that takes courage. 
to do the right thing, especially when there's a cost or a consequence in doing so. But we can learn to have more courage to stand up for what we value. So one way of improving integrity, in a sense, integrity means that we're true to our values. So one way to improve it is to become clear about our values. Because that way we can be true to it when we know what it is that we value. And you can focus on becoming more clear of what do I stand for? What matters to me? What are my values? Then we try to exercise courage in aligning our actions with our values, our behaviors with our values, our habits with our values, so that they're aligned. That's authentic. That's integrated integrity. See? And then we're whole. And so that takes courage, takes humility to have integrity, that there are principles that govern. And so these are things that we can learn. So, but here's my most, maybe the most practical way of helping someone increase their personal integrity is I would just advise to learn to make and keep commitments to yourself. Because it's interesting, Ashton, that the number one behavior that builds trust with other people is to make another commitment and keep it, especially a value-added commitment. Making and keeping commitments builds trust. You make a commitment, you keep it. You repeat the process. Make, keep, repeat. Make, keep, repeat. You build trust fast with people that way. Well, guess what? That's also the fastest way we build trust with ourselves is learn to make a commitment to ourselves and to keep it. But sometimes we don't treat the commitments we make to ourselves with the same respect we might treat a commitment we make to somebody else. But I'm suggesting we need to. And we learn that even with ourselves to make a keep commitments, that's the key way to build self-trust, to build that sense of integrity. And it starts in the little things. It could be as small as I'm going to set my alarm an hour earlier tomorrow to go exercise. And when the alarm goes off, do I turn it off and hit the snooze and say, I'm going to go back to bed? Or do I get up to go exercise like I just committed the night before I would do? You know, just in those little things we can begin to build a sense of integrity and clarity and that self-trust, if you will. So that's the idea that even on the character side, that's also learnable. It's not as easy as on the competence where you learn a new skill, but in a sense, I'm saying that we can behave ourselves or develop habits that make us have higher character. You know, this is amazing because, and I want to give you a hi-fi right here because just a few weeks ago, I did a podcast on this where I was saying that the habits that you commit to create for yourself are nothing but a form of self-love and this, which is your integrity, right? Because you've made a commitment to yourself. That is why you're forming this habit. And if you practice creating this habit, it's actually strengthening this commitment to yourself. And love is nothing but a commitment that you made to somebody else as well. So it is this format of integrity that comes from this commitment. And and you're absolutely, you know, I'm so happy that you're saying this. It it validates my thinking process as well with regards to it. Beautiful. Yeah, we're on the same page. And, you know, that, see, I believe that the foundation of all trust with others is self-trust, trust with yourself. If you don't trust yourself, you'll have a hard time building trust with other people, because at some point you would project that distrust of self out onto others. But when you start with a sense of self-trust that comes from your integrity, that you're true to your values, you have, you develop habits aligned with what you value. And so you're authentic and you're integrated. And, you know, life is, as Gandhi says, that life is one indivisible whole. It's not just, you know, compartments that we are who we say we are. And um, here's one way of thinking about it. Honesty 
is when our words match reality. Integrity is when our reality matches our words. We are who we say we are. You know, we're not putting on an air or a friend. We're not pretending. We're integrated. So our reality, who we are, matches our words, what we say we are. And, you know, and so there are two sides of the same coin, honesty and integrity. And, but it starts with this, what you've been saying. This is all about that habit. It was Admiral William McRaven. He was the former commander of special operations in the military in the United States, an extraordinary leader. And when he retired, he became the chancellor of the University of Texas system. And he gave a commencement speech, a graduation there that went viral. And here was his message. He said to all the graduates, if you want to change the world, make your bed, make your bed. And his whole point was, Start by making a small commitment to yourself that you can keep at all costs and then keep that commitment and then go from that commitment to the next commitment and to the next commitment and to the next and to the next. And his whole thing was a very simple approach of saying, if you want to change the world, make your bed, make and keep commitments to yourself because of how that builds a sense of of self-integrity, of self-trust, of clarity, of power. And I think that's a really strong message. It's simple. It's just not easy. But if we all want to change the world, let's make our bet. Let's start with small commitments to ourselves and keep them. Amazing. Amazing. All right. We're going to come back to the podcast after a quick break. Welcome back to the Habit Coach Podcast. Let's continue. And this is how you also create trust. This is how you start the process of creating trust with something small that then starts growing and growing and growing. Absolutely. Yes. And again, self-trust precedes relationship trust. Okay. And relationship trust precedes team trust. And so by trusting yourself, you can now, you're in a position to build trust with others. But then you do a similar thing with other people. You show your character, your integrity and your intent, but you also demonstrate your competence that's your capabilities and your results, your track record of performance to another. But then you also behave your way into trust by talking straight and listening first and keeping commitments and clarifying expectations. There's a variety of behaviors that you can demonstrate and behave your way into greater trust. Just like you could behave your way out of trust, you know, but if you make a commitment and break it, it'll cause people to lose trust in you. If you Instead of talking straight, if you're spinning or, or not telling the truth or, you know, or telling people just what they want to hear, but not the truth. And if you don't respect people, if you don't, if you're not open and transparent, you could lose trust. So, you know, you can behave your way into it. You can behave your way out of it. So it starts with the self-trust, but then it moves to the relationships, to the teams, to the organizations. It's inside out. Amazing. Now, is there a different format of trust that exists, for example, in family, in relationships? You go on a date for the first time, do you create trust there? Like, instead of coming to the work aspect first, I want to understand this, because I know a lot of our listeners are going through this right now. They're probably going out on dates, they're trying to get into a relationship, they're probably starting their families. How does one create that trust amongst them in that relationship? Yes. If Again, I would say envision the ripple effect metaphor where the drop of water comes down and it hits the pond and then the ripples move out. And so the very first wave of trust is that self-trust we've been talking about. But then the next wave is relationship trust. 
one-on-one. And all of this proceeds building trust on a team or at work. It's always inside out, meaning it starts with each of us personally and then our relationships one-on-one. And that could be relationships at work, one-on-one, or at home, or in our personal life, in our families, in dating. And you build that trust. And again, you go as a leader, as an individual, you go first. In other words, you model it. You model character. You model competence. And and the whole idea is that you showed people that you will always do what you say you're going to do. And they can count upon that. They can count on that. They can rely upon that. That when you say you're going to do something, you'll do it. And when you communicate, you're going to communicate honestly, as opposed to lying or spinning. And you're going to demonstrate respect for people. And it's in your daily behaviors. And in my first book, The Speed of Trust, I identify 13 very specific behaviors that help how you can build trust in a relationship. And there are common sense things that we all know, but it's very easy to get kind of lost in what I call the counterfeit behavior, where we give some artificial version of it that kind of looks like the behavior, but is not. Like one behavior that builds trust is to talk straight. I call it talk straight. You tell the truth, call things what they are. Now, the opposite of that is when people lie and lying destroys trust. And so in a relationship, if, you, if you're dating and, you just, and you're lying, you're not going to build trust. And they might not know you're lying right now, but they will learn over time that if you're lying, that you're not telling the truth. And they're going to say, I can't trust what he's saying or she's saying. They're going to quickly learn they can't trust you. So The opposite of the behavior will always destroy trust. But where we get tripped up so often is the counterfeit. And counterfeit behavior is kind of like counterfeit money. It looks real, but it's not. So the counterfeit behavior to talking straight, it's not the lie. That's the opposite. The counterfeit is the spin or the twisting or the posturing or the positioning or telling people what they want to hear, you know, or sugarcoating or, you know, excessively kind of manipulating or and the like. And, and so you might say, hey, I didn't lie, but you know what? You misled. <laughs> and uh, you might have technically told the truth, but you could have completely left the wrong impression. And so it's in those little behaviors to make sure that we are authentic. We really talk straight and we don't do the counterfeit. You know, So another behavior that builds trust is to practice accountability. That means to take responsibility, to own it. The opposite is you say, don't look at me, don't blame me, not my fault. The counterfeit is when you point the finger and you say it's his fault, it's her fault, it's their fault. You play the blame game and that causes people to lose trust, that you're not going to own things, take responsibility, you're going to point the finger. Uh, Listen first is a behavior that builds trust in a relationship. So you listen to understand a person. The opposite is you listen last or not at all. The counterfeit is when, when you listen, but you don't understand. You know, most people listen not with the intent to truly understand. Most people listen with the intent to reply. So they're respectful, even patient, but they're just kind of waiting their turn. And, and but what really builds trust in relationships and, you know, especially when there's high disagreement or strong emotion is when people feel understood. And the test of understanding is not when you tell the person, hey, I understand you. No, it's when they tell you, I feel understood. Thank you for listening. So that's vital in a relationship, to listen first. Anyways, there are 13 of these behaviors. Very specific, very practical, and straightforward, common sense, but not common practice. 
The common practice is more often the counterfeit behavior. So that's how you can build trust in a relationship. And that matters so much in all of life. And all of these are actually habits that you can create, right? You can actually work on each of these and say, for this month, I'm going to be focusing on this aspect. For next month, I'm going to be focusing on this aspect. Absolutely. Beautiful. In fact, I call them behaviors, but for our purposes for today, given that we're on the habit coach, we can call these habits, practices. These are, this is how we operate. And, and we're trying to, the reason I like the habit is that it's not just a one-time thing. It's saying this is part of who we are. And we've demonstrated this consistently that, you know, this is who we are. And we want these behaviors not to be kind of manipulative things that we do to build trust, but rather an extension of our character and our competence just put into day-to-day action that we listen to understand people. We clarify expectations. So we're all on the same page. We, I'm just naming some of these behaviors. We show loyalty, which means that we, speak about people as if they were present versus kind of sweet. The counterfeit is sweet talk them to their face, bad mouth them behind their back. But instead, no, we speak about people as if they were present. What that does, when we do that, let's say we're with a small group of friends and we start to bad mouth one of our friends that's not with us. And I join in, I start to bad mouth that person. I might feel like I'm bonding and connecting with the group I'm with, but the problem is it's lousy bonding. Because everyone there knows I'll probably be bad-mouthing them too when they're not with me and we have any type of falling out or disagreement. But what if instead I were to speak about people as if they were present? Maybe say something like, hey, these are all good points you're bringing up, but I'll bet there's another side to this we don't fully understand. Why don't we go to him? Why don't we go to her and try to understand their perspective? See, I didn't bury my head in the sand and act like there, there's no issue if there is an issue. But what I did do is I spoke about people as if they were present. And what that does, it tells everybody there that I will also be loyal to them when they're not with me. So if you want to retain the trust of those who are present, be loyal to the absent because they'll know you'll do the same for them too. See, again, I just take one of the behaviors, show loyalty and show you how turning that behavior into a habit where this is how I operate. I speak about people as if they were present, helps me build trust with not only everyone that is absent, but even with those who are present, because they know I will do the same for them too. And I can go through each of the 13 and show you a similar thing. So turning those behaviors into habits will be how we can build trust with all that we come in contact Amazing. I would recommend the listeners buy this book, read them, because imagine creating this kind of trust around you. What kind of a person you would become at the end of it? I think it's extremely powerful. All right. So that was Stephen M. R. Covey. And we were talking about trust. Now, in the second episode, we deep dive into two aspects, trust and inspiration. So join us for that episode. This was just part one. Now, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am at Ashdin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can also go to my website, awesome180.com. Now, I have just published my first book. It is called Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. Please do check it out on Amazon and wherever else you get your books.